music. It's not just part of our daily lives, it's part of our wrestling fandom as well, and it has been for decades. That's where this show comes in, Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling, hosted by Andrew Rich. Hey, that's me. Each episode delivers a different topic with a variety of great guests, fun conversations, musical analysis, and of course, a heartfelt pun or two. New episodes drop every other Tuesday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your podcast app of choice. Check out Music of the Mat only on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Welcome to Jumping Bomb Audio. Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. My name is Taylor, and I'm joined, as always, by my very good friend and co-host, Kelly. Kelly, how's it going? It's going good. How, how about for you? Well, I can't complain. I can't complain. Um, yeah. Sometimes that's all you can ask for. That's exactly right. You know, I've You're been... Like, um, you know what? I'm not dead? Cool. Well, I was about to say I have been, and I don't know, I'm sure many other people have been, uh, following the saga of the Titan Submersible. So I am glad to have not spent the week week being crushed uh, underwater. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably for the best. Uh, Though, yeah. if you make me rank being crushed and dying slowly while I run out of air and probably get eaten by one of my crewmates. I'll take being crushed. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, you know, I'm still pretty young. I want to, I want to keep it going. Uh, yeah. Either way, <laughs> you know, there's still a lot of wrestling to watch. Imagine so if, if they died, you they, wouldn't see it. If they got caught, like, let's say they survived. Okay. Let's say everything mm-hmm. worked out. Like they, they were found, but, while they were down there, the kid that was like dragged along by his dad, what if he murdered his dad while they were down there? Would a court in the land convict him? Or would they just be like, no, that's fair? Or would it fall under international waters and, no, and under no one's jurisdiction? So it'd just be like, oopsie poopsie, oh well. Well, I was thinking international, like maritime law, um, but wouldn't it fall under a scenario in which like well i guess the question would be they would have to interview everyone else and yeah. say what what happened but i would think it would fall under and i feel like i have this in my head even though i don't know whether it's a factual part of the law or not but the idea of being in like a life or death situation 
that there would, I think there may be some aspect of like doing it to survive. Cause there was a whole thing about, you know, if they had too much oxygen yeah. or if they didn't have enough oxygen, but then someone died or something that they would then have more oxygen. So it could be argued that it would be like, Oh, they were doing it to survive. Like if you were in a shipwreck and you were stranded on an Island and the person you were with died. Like, are you liable for them? Because you're yeah. like, I feel like it would fall under some scenario of like you're under extreme life or death scenario. And therefore you're doing things to serve, like keep yourself alive. Yeah. I feel like to, to sell that you would also need to maybe eat them a little bit too. Because like, I do know this and maybe this is what it's coming from, which is, if someone is dot like if someone starts choking or has a heart attack or something and you give the Heimlich maneuver or you start to give them CPR and let's say you like break one of their ribs or something. Yeah. Or they, or they get injured. You are not liable for that because you are attempting to help them. Okay. And in attempting to help them, you are protected from any injuries or for example if they then die they can't come back and say well you did cpr but you were doing it poorly and that's why they died so we're gonna sue you or something yeah they can't throw a manslaughter charge at you for that it's like the good samaritan law or something now of course killing someone in a life or death situation is not good samaritan but (laughs) you know what i mean it feels like a similar thing where it's like you are under the assumption you're working under the assumption that you are going to die if you don't mm-hmm. do this. Yeah, I think that makes sense. Um, but I guess any legal experts out there, um, let us know because I have no, I have no idea. Um, but anyway, this is a Joshi podcast. <laughs> uh, welcome, not a legal podcast, as we've just proven. Which four Joshi would you put in the submarine? Before we get into the show, of course, we have to do the plugs. Follow us on Twitter at JBombAudio. You can follow Kelly at ComicGeekKelly, and you can follow me at TayMambo. Subscribe to the show on your podcast app of choice. And if that app of choice happens to be Apple Podcasts, we would really appreciate a five-star rating and review. And if you're feeling extra generous, you can donate to the show at redcircle.com slash shows slash jumping dash bomb dash audio. So let's get right into it. We are going to be diving deep into a show that happened mere hours ago. That would be Stardom's Stardom Sunshine show from the day we're recording this, which is June 25th. We'll be talking that. We'll be talking everything else that happened in the past two weeks of Joshi, along with previews of some big shows coming up, Stardom's Midsummer Champions and Tokyo Joshi's Summer Sun Princess show. But let's get right into it with Stardom Sunshine from Yoyogi National Gymnasium in front of 1,715 fans. Kelly, what do you think about the show overall? 
I liked the show. I feel like it supports my theory that stardom is better when they are being a Dragon Gate style promotion rather than a New Japan style promotion. Like, I feel like they just, they do that kind of storytelling and have those kind of matches better than if when they're just throwing other New Japan style matches at you. Like, this reminded me of old Dead or Alive style cage matches, and I love those. So this this was a fun show. I, I had a good time with this one. Yeah, and certainly uh, for us, people who talk about that there are not a lot of stories in uh, Stardom, finally doing a, a story here, and it pays off with, uh, I thought, a good show. I think really underneath the top two, um, really nothing hugely of note if you were squeezed on time, I think. And yeah, you can skip you could the only first watch part chunk. of the show. <laughs> It would just be watch the top two, I think, um, would be my mm-hmm. recommendation. But I the only thing, enjoy... like, there was two matches where I'd be like, eh, if you've got time, watch them. But other than that, you can just watch the cage matches and you're fine. Yeah, and I think doing something like this is, to me, much more exciting than doing some title defense that is a foregone conclusion you know, just some random person challenging who you know is not going to win. I think that this is a lot better, and so they should do this more. You know, the whole thing is, well, this proves that, you know, stardom, they do tell all these stories, but this is one show out of the year. Yeah. You know, they have yeah, some other Yeah, it's nice ones, to have this. <laughs> but it would be nice to have more of these type of shows, and also more shows that don't feel so... Um, long well that could <laughs> yes that could be one but i was thinking more shows that are just sort of like hey let's go out let's have some fun matches and not every show needs to be like this is the great challenge of our lifetime that we must witness the, yeah. the, the struggle of god yeah. um that's stop viewing the new japan tribute stuff stick with dragon gate it, it leads to a much funner product so yeah, I like the show, and we have a lot to talk about on the show, so let's dive right into a match that I believe neither of us saw, the nope. pre-show six-person tag team match, the Stars trio of Hanan, Momokogo, and Saya defeating Ayasakura, Wakasukiyama, and Yuna Mizumori in 7 minutes and 13 seconds. Neither of us saw it, so great job, everyone. But it was at least four stars floor. Just classic. We need to go back and watch it. The first match of the show proper was Kelly's favorite style of match, the passion injection match. Nane Takahashi defeating Hanako in 11 minutes and 59 seconds. And Kelly is such a fan of this type of match. I'll let you go first. This felt like it was an hour long. Uh, I I am fully on team cut Nana and hire someone else to work on Stardom World. Like I I don't know. This was a big nothing match that was boring at best. Uh, my first thought was I found it very odd to have the cage partially set up for the first match of the 
show. I guess it it must have saved them time. Did they do that last year when they had the cage match show? I, I don't remember. Don't that. remember. I mean, I guess it must have saved them time. It still took them like forty minutes to get the cage set up. <laughs> so I don't know how much one one minute for every year old that cage is. <laughs> That's right. Um, as for my thoughts, I thought Hanako showed good fire. That was really my other thought. Um, other than that, I thought it was pretty average. Yeah, Hanako you know, was not the not problem. Really much... Yeah, there's not really much to say about these. They all feel sort of the same. It's like yeah. the rookie fighting back against the veteran. Mm-hmm. You know, which can be a good style, but maybe not when it's on every single show that the company ever runs. Yeah, you know. No one, no, no passion has been injected. No one can't comes out of these matches feeling more passionate than they were before. It doesn't inject me with passion; it injects me with boredom. I think the only person who had passion injected in them was Waka, because that was part of the whole yeah. storyline of she's a loser, she's a loser. But that was even after the passion injection match that she yeah that was long after had the passion injected in her. Um, she got more passion injected by working in front of that New Japan crowd in America. That is true. That is <laughs> that is right. Um, I don't know. They just feel like oh, we're doing singles matches. We have Nanai, and we don't want to do anything else with her. So just have her go out and have singles matches that she can win. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I thought it was fine. Uh, after this match was the announcement of the blocks for the five-star Grand Prix in the Red Stars block will be Amisore, Natsukatora, Hazuki, Natsupoi, who had her intro video shot with her in a dryer. What, yeah, what was, that was a very big, like, uh uh-oh, stepbrother, I'm stuck kind of pose. It was very weird because then I was keyed into it and I was like, well, is someone else going to be shot in a weird place? And really, no one else was. No, these definitely, (laughs) these clips, they looked like they were just shooting them while someone else was taking still photos of them. I mean, that's very possible. With it's the, probably what was happening, but it just came off. Books yeah, it was just weird shots to use for this kind of thing. Uh, also in the Red Stars block, Starlight Kid, Suzu Suzuki, Shuri, Saya Kamatani, Mayu Iwatani, and Tom Nakano. In the Blue Stars block, Hanan, Mariah May, both the qualifiers from the five-star Grand Prix qualifying rumble. Mina Shirakawa, Azumi, Mirai, Momo Watanabe, Sayoriano, Micah, Utami, and Julia. So first, before we get into the um, first date, Kelly, what are your thoughts on these two blocks here? I think they're good. I think the we- the one like weird thing that stuck out to me was I didn't expect the two people that got into the uh, got those last two spots. I didn't think they'd be in the same block. I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, in my my first glance at 
the blocks was, and people may disagree, was that the red stars block to me is much more exciting than the blue stars block. Yeah, I'll agree with that. You know, Amisore, fine. Natsukotora, not fine. Um, but everyone else in this block, I was like, wow, there's going to be a lot of really, like, Starlight Kid and Suzu, Suri and Suzu, you know, Tom and Starlight Kid, Natsupoi and, you know, Sayakamatani. I'm like, there are a lot of very interesting matchups here. We're in the blue stars. There's maybe a little less. It feels a little bit more like things that we've seen a little bit of, except for Sayori being in that block, who I think will have um, a lot of good matches. But like Micah, Julia, Micah, Momo Watanabe, I'm not exactly like, oh, yeah, I can't wait for that. Um <laughs> But, you know, very good. I mean, you're still going to get Julia and Dutami and, you know, Azumi and Sayori, you know, it should be really good. You know, there's still good yeah. stuff. I think actually reading it here on the show, I was sort of like, oh, they're more even than I had in my brain when they were first announced. Um, but they also announced the first date on july 23rd they announced the matches the matches will be as follows hanan versus micah mariah may versus azumi mirai versus momo Watanabe, utami versus mina julia versus sayori you know amisore versus natsukatora getting that one out of the way quickly uh, <laughs> starlight kid against Natsupoi, Siri versus Suzu Suzuki, Mayu Iwatani versus Hazuki, and Tom Nakano versus Saya Kamatani. So a lot of interesting matchups there, Kelly. What's maybe your top pick there? Uh, definitely Julia and Sayori. Like the, that was the one that out of any of the matches, I noticed the crowd responded to when they announced it. The rest kind of, you could hear a little bit of cheering, but that was the one where you heard like, oh, the crowd popped for the announcement of that match in particular. How many interviews do you think Julia will give him, give in the lead up up to that match talking about Ice Ribbon? Uh, probably a good amount, you'd think, right? Well, first, it depends. How long is she going to talk about how she wants to work in America? <laughs> oh, that's true. She is working that bit now. Um, I forgot about that. Uh, but I'm like, oh, here comes another ice ribbon person where we can go back to, you know, Julia punching down on ice ribbon again. Yeah. Um, Do you think I, Julia hopped on a plane to get to Forbidden Door? I was thinking about that. I'm like, it wouldn't be, <laughs> it wouldn't be impossible. Like, you would have to. You would have to hope the, that everything times out perfectly. <laughs> Yes, essentially every, like your flight, you would need a direct flight, which wouldn't be hard, I don't think, to Toronto. That's a major... You would need um, those flights to not get delayed in any way. But like what time Eastern did this show end? Like 5 a.m.? Probably, yeah. And you would think, okay, the main event went 45 minutes, so you could have left like at four, but then you have to get to the airport. Let's say you had a five thirty flight and it's about what? 12 hours. 
Probably, yeah. Maybe a little longer. I mean, and you if you got on the main show, you'd have till nine o'clock. Yeah, I mean, they're I mean, definitely it, they're putting Tana doable, and MJF early in the show so that Julia's got more time to get to the show. Because she's going to interrupt after that? <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? Well, that that's a one less match that could be after the women's title match. Oh, I see what you mean. I see. Yeah. Okay. For some reason, I was like, are you saying Julia's going to come out and challenge MJF at the end of that match? You know like, what? what? Why not? Let's let's do let's do that. <laughs> I'm into that. Look, it's it's possible, but there's been it's all not. this talk about all this stardom stuff. We haven't really talked about it on the show because I find it mostly boring. Um, <laughs> it seems clear to me, and the thing that seemingly no one really talks about outside of the circles of Joshi is that stardom doesn't seem that interested in doing it. Yeah, Rossi does not care about America. <laughs> There's all this talk about like, oh, they need the visas and no, they don't need the visas and they need this and they need some other crap or, you know, oh, they're busy. Oh, everyone's booked. It just seems like we haven't heard anything from stardom that would indicate in any way outside of Julia being like, I want to work in America, which is a nothing at all. There's yeah. nothing to indicate that they're, they're interested at all in this. And I also find it very stupid. Now, look, I understand in this case, does Bushi road want you want you and you in this case being AEW Putting not you, the Tokyo wrestler. Joshi wrestlers on the show? Probably not. But no. it seems weird to me that you are working with this whole company in Tokyo Joshi that seems very happy to send people, very happy to like be like, oh, so-and-so is leaving for five months. Uh, they'll be back whenever they're back. And yet AEW sort of like, oh, they're like, we don't care about them. <laughs> Like dating someone else and actively being like, oh, I really wish I was dating that person. And you're like, what? Yeah. Huh? Like, what? <laughs> and it's like, oh, stardom's much bigger than Tokyo Joshi. It's like, yeah, why does it feel that way? Because AEW never does anything with them. And anytime uh, Tony calls up uh, Rossi, Rossi just immediately falls asleep. <laughs> Sorry, I have to go buy some hats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's like, uh, but yeah, and it's just it's just silly because I was at the Dynamite um, recently in New York where uh, Mizuki wrestled in a uh, dark match against uh, Emi Sakura. The match was like four minutes long and Mizuki got over and people were like, whoa, and they were cheering her by the end. And I'm like, it's not hard. They're talented wrestlers. You just have to not act as if being aligned with them is some sort of burden that you want to yeah. move past. So you can have flipping, you know, Sayakamatani come out and do an NXT match with, uh, MJF. <laughs> I'm just trying to, you know, Anna J A S. Yeah. So. It, you know, it, if you really think about it, is there, there is at most of a, a very short list of people that got over as quickly and as much as Maki Ito did. 
in AEW. Cause just think, I mean, I had so many people asking me, like, who is that? What what's what's her deal? Like, she's great. Why where is she? Where where can I watch her? And it's like, yeah. That that is someone that got over so much faster than pretty much the entire women's roster in AEW and a good, good, good most of the men's roster, I would argue. Well, I mean, the other one is Yuka. Yuka got over. She's so over she's going to be in the first round of people in the video game. Yeah, that rocks. And she hasn't wrestled on Dynamite in like nine months. I can't wait to make Yuka have exploding barbed wire death matches against like Cody Rhodes or something. Uh, But anyway... Um, just like this isn't a legal podcast, this isn't an AEW podcast either. <laughs> uh, go listen to a Voices of Wrestling, Good, Bad, and Hungy for all your AEW needs. There's a plug. Um, anyway, uh, back to the five star Grand Prix. Yeah, uh, should be good. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know where we left off. I so don't remember either. <laughs> it's hard to go back into it. Uh, the next match on this show, however, was Siri defeating Xena in seven minutes and 50 seconds. I believe Xena is now headed back home after this match. Uh, I thought this was a fun match. I thought Xena looked good. I liked her giant spin. Um, yeah. <laughs> that she did. I don't, I didn't know what to call it. It wasn't a. You know, it's not swing. a swing. Yeah, no, no and it's, it's not an airplane spin. It's a spin. It's, it's like, like a, a side spin. Sidewalk spin. There you go. You got it. Uh, I like that, and I like Siri just demolishing her near the end of the match by kicking her in the face. Yeah. Uh, but fun match. I liked it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it wasn't anything amazing, but like a Siri singles match is always welcome on one of these shows, and... It was it was overall just a fun match. I thought Xena looked pretty good here. The next match was a six-person tag team match. The trio of Natsupoi, Tom Nakano, and Kyrie defeating the trio, the recently um, very close trio of Micah, Maysiera, and Suzu Suzuki in 14 minutes and 41 seconds. Once again, may, this might happen in every match until she wins it, but match made me really mad that May Sierra is not the high-speed champion. Yeah. I'm like, oh, look, she's so good. Oh, too bad they had an opportunity to put the title on her and just decided not to. Yeah. Um, but I thought this match was really good. I thought it was really fast-paced, quick. I thought everyone in the match worked hard. At first, I thought... The first sort of part of the match, Tom seemed to be doing her sneaky, um, just hang out on the apron while everyone else wrestles gimmick. <laughs> the Makabe uh, special. Yeah. But then got into the match. Um, and I thought everyone worked hard and I thought it was a really good match. I went three and a half stars. That's exactly where I was too. Yeah, I thought this was a pretty solid just mid-card match with some decent names. And we'll see if this uh, the losing team is some kind of unit after this, or if this is the the last bit. <laughs> well, two of the three of them, not to spoil uh, future talking points on the show, but two thirds of them are teaming again at the very next show. So, well, that's good. 
Something's going on. Something. Uh, the next match was our first of two title matches. The Goddesses of Stardom title switching hands on this show. The Club Venus duo of Mariah May and Mina Shirakawa defeating the God's Eye team of Amisore and Mirai in 16 minutes and 4 seconds. Kelly, a result for us, but I Hell have yeah. a very bad feeling that this oh, no. portends something worse is going to happen. Oh, no. Oh, God, I I can't give my thoughts on that. I need to know what you think is going to happen. <laughs> I have a feeling that Mirai dropped this belt so she can gain another belt. Yeah, that's the thing. I hope she doesn't because I think it would be really funny. Um, it like if funny, she goes but... out there and just challenges Tom is like, I'm going to get this one belt from you. And then just fucking doesn't win it after winning the Cinderella two years in a row. Fuck it. Give her the Cinderella three times in a row and have her not win again. Let's just keep this, keep this going. I will say that Mirai for maybe the first time in weeks, months, um, Looked good in a post show or post show post match. Yes, yes. Um, exchange where she actually got the better of Tom. Um, there was yeah, video, she took her head off. That was great. There was video earlier this week, or was it this week, or sometime in the in this span since we recorded last of Mirai confronting Tom at a video shoot and essentially looking like a big geek uh, at the end. She was like, oh, I'm here. And they started fighting and then Tom just beat the shit out of her. Um, so good to see Mirai not looking like a total pushover uh, for once, but as to the match itself, uh, I don't really have any thoughts. I thought it was very average and yeah. Yeah. I thought it was fine. I'm happy to see Mina with a belt again. Deserves better, but you know what? I'll take this. I think her and Mariah May are a good team, so I'm excited for whatever this run is going to be. Yeah, overall, just an all right match, but that's kind of been par for the course with this entire title run. The semi-main was our first match in the steel cage for the Artist of Stardom titles. It was a escape rules match the Donna Del Mundo team of Julia My Sakurai and Tekla the champions retained their titles against the stars trio of Hazuki Koguma and Mayu Iwatani decked out in their seemingly now traditional cage match gear yeah the uh, uh, the cartoonish french women defeat the painters <laughs> yeah the painters is good um <laughs> The, the jeans, the matching jeans and uh, neon shirts. Um, I, re- I really liked this match. I thought it was yeah. good. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. And then I thought the final two, which was Julian and Mayu, uh, really rocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it started off as like, oh, this is just going to be a fun match. And then it got down to those two. And it's like, oh, they're beating the shit out of each other. This is great. <laughs> Yeah, and just going for it. I mean, the the match started with them, um, with the Stars team getting 
Um, my Sakurai in a submission as Julia and Tekla were trying to escape, and then they realized um, they couldn't escape so quick. They went back to help Mai. So it was sort of that um, sort of fun thing. You know, people were trying to escape and getting hit with, you know, I think rubber balls or something at one point. They had rubber balls. They were popping balloons in their faces. Yeah, popping balloons, which I don't really understand as a thing of, I guess if you were like, oh, it's so loud. That might be. That one seemed to really scare Julia, though. But if you're like hanging on to something, I don't, I guess if you're not expecting it, but she was looking right at, she's like, I hope you don't pop that balloon. <laughs> and then she popped and she was like, oh, I'm out. Um, I'm out of here. Also, interesting with both of these next two matches to watch the skill in not climbing up the cage, but climbing down the cage, uh, which mm-hmm. seemed to be a lot trickier for some people than for other people. There were a couple of people who just got over and were like, I'm falling straight down. Uh-huh. Uh, the fucking, the dive down. that uh, uh, Koguma did looked insane. Yeah. Uh, lots of stuff off the top of the cage. I thought it was really good. I went four and a quarter. Yeah, I was at four. I, th- I thought it was great. Um, really fun. Almost the same because they had the under the under cage match last year on this show with similar people. And I think I went around the same. Mm-hmm. It was like, Oh, it was a lot of fun. Surprising. Um, so hooray for consistency. Yay. The main event was the loser must leave unit steel cage, 10 person tag team match. The team, the queen's quest team, Azumi, Hina, Lady C, Miyu Amasaki, Saya Kamatani, and Utami defeating the Uedo Tai team of Momoa Tanabe, Natsukatora, Rina, Ruaka, Saki Kashima, and Starlight Kid in 23 minutes and 23 seconds. And this once again was an escape rules. The last person in the cage would have to leave their unit. The escapes were. Why as was the followed. referee in there? Well, you got to have someone, um, you know, keeping a little bit of order. Yeah, because it was like, there. It, it, when it started, I was like, oh, that's too many people in there. There were a lot of people and everyone was moving around and they kept cutting to that up, um, above camera, which made it even mm-hmm. harder to tell what was going on. And for a while I was like, what's happening? Um, yeah, yeah. I kept mixing people up when they were just having with the same outfits and stuff. Like I thought it was uh Ruaka that escaped the cage when it was really Momo and stuff. Like it's just like, oh god, there's so much happening all at once. Um and I think the other reason the ref was in the cage was for uh a little uh cut cotton, if you know what I mean. Oh yeah, duh, okay. That makes sense. Um he, did you notice but when he the, almost got brained with that the suitcase? Uh, no, I don't think I did. They tossed it, and then it's like whoever was it was supposed to hit ducked, and they didn't. I don't think they realized <laughs> that that the referee was right behind him, and he luckily moved at the last second and almost got smashed in the face with it. 
the order of escape was Rina, Hina, Miyu Amasaki, Momo Watanabe, Starlight Kid, Lady C, Saya Kamatani, Natsuko Tora, and Utami. They're uh, missing Azumi, who did escape. Uh, Saki Kashima, the last in the cage, and was brutally um, stomped out by the other, now the other members, well, not the other members, the only members of Poeto Tai um, after the match. I thought, I, I wrote, as you just said, the beginning of the match, I was like, what's happening here? There's a lot of people wrestling and a lot of people doing many different things. Um, but I thought it was sort of fun chaos. I actually thought, I started to lose a little interest when it got down to like 2v2 when it was like um, or 3v2 when it was Saki, Ruaka, and Natsuko. Because it was very easy to forget Saki was there because she had just just laying down for the longest time. Well, there was a moment when I was like, oh, it's Natsuko and Utami final two. And they were like yeah. fighting in the middle of the ring and the camera cut to a different angle. And I was like, oh yeah, there's Saki Kashima laying <laughs> on the ground over there for like, like I thought she got legit hurt. Time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then of course I thought it picked up when all our wishes were fulfilled. Uh, Utami coming up bloodied. Um, you know, a bummer they couldn't do this for the other number of matches where I've Wish for blood, but yeah. look, you take what you got. And I did also like the big ending beat. I thought it was well done with um, climbing the cage, you know, Tommy climbing the cage, Sai up there gets handed the bat and doesn't turn on Utami and instead uh, beats up Oedo Tai. I thought that was, I thought it was a good beat. I thought they didn't over. You know, like in if WWE did that beat, yeah, they didn't fully NXT it. It would have taken like nine minutes for all that to happen. Where this, it was just like, oh, they climbed up. I think everyone knew what was going to happen in terms of like what the either or was going to be. Where it's like, oh, she gets a bat. What is she going to do? And then she was just like, oh, and I hit away the time. We would still be watching this match if the bloodline were involved. Yes, that is absolutely <laughs> correct. Um, then Utami escaping the cage, as I said. Saki left. Kelly, I'm interested to know what you went on this match because the match ended and I was sort of like, I did like it. I don't know that I loved it as a match. No, it's a much better story match than it is an in-ring match. As a weird... I, yeah. like I was like, it was good, but I'm not... You know, I I was looking on the Voices of Wrestling Discord very briefly, and I saw some people who were like, oh, this is the best match in stardom history. Um, And to me, it just has the weird feeling of there was a lot where I was just sort of watching and I'm like, there's a lot going on that I'm sort of processing and I'm enjoying it, but not... Not that I wasn't enjoying it, but sort of not in the way that I enjoy matches that I think, wow, this match is really good. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I'm having fun, but just sort of, like you said, watching a story more than watching like, oh, this is great wrestling. Yeah, I ended up at three and three quarters on it. I wrote four and a half and then I wrote a big question mark. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like there, I, because like ultimately, I did enjoy the match. I think it was good. I liked the story they told. I thought it was good to see. Hey, the good guys overcame the bad guys, and friendship won. That's cool. I like that. Uh, where I don't know. I think as a unit, like someone leaving the unit, like I don't. Saki leaving doesn't really shake up the the units at all in any kind of interesting degree. Like let's say let's say Saya had turned on Utami. That is a big moment. That is a big unit shakeup right there. Like that would have had huge implications for all the other groups. Whereas Saki leaves and it's just like, oh, okay. She'll go somewhere. Not really affect anything. Although I do want to say that um, big points for me who absolutely nailed it. Oh, yeah. In the preview said that it wouldn't be Utami. It would not be Sai. It would be someone very small. I did and... like that Rina and Hina and Miyu Amasaki were just like, oh, we're getting out of here early because we are the ones most likely <laughs> to, be, to be forgotten about in this cage and get moved on. Um. Lady C did stick around for a while and I thought looked very good. At one point she mm-hmm. got Starlight Kid off the top rope and like gave her a huge choke slam, which I thought looked really good. Um, wearing her uh, Beetlejuice attire. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice type pants. Um, but yeah, I, en- I enjoyed it. I would like, I also feel like I would like them to do it m- like, more things like this because it feels very like oh we did it last year because they had the big match and then they're like oh we'll do it again this year and now it's time for the cage and it just feels like a strange yeah i'm not a fan of that stuff where it's like oh it's this time it's this day on the calendar time for this uh gimmick match like i'm not a fan of that i do wish they would feel I guess more organic. You don't need to just place it in the same spot in the calendar every year. Was it in the same uh, location it, it, this year as last year? Uh, oh, I don't remember. What, I don't remember. Because I'm wondering if it's, year, but it was like the same day. Yeah, because I'm wondering if it's like the cage they use, like the person they rent it from or whatever lives down the street or something. <laughs> so it's just like, oh, this is the easiest place to do it. Yeah, while we're here, we'll come back the same time and use it again. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I just wish they would do it more because now it feels like, oh, in a week, which we'll talk about in a second, they're just sort of going back to the normal, like, oh, going back to the big show. Yeah. Sort of feeling. I hope next year they go full Dragon Gate Dead or Alive and they get, like, those crazy machines that shoot out uh, volleyballs. Yeah. Yeah. Because those things are fucking great. I loved whatever the like pressurized air cannon thing that uh, Azumi had at one point and just shot. Because it wasn't a fire extinguisher. I don't know what it was that she was spraying at uh, the Wado Time member, but that was hilarious. Although the only fear with a, you know, volleyball gun would be if you hit the cage, the cage might fall over. That's true (laughs) like it just shoots right through the cage and the cage falls and you know you can't have that happen because the cage does like it bows real bad when they (laughs) lean up against it yeah and like grabbing it to climb i'm like ooh, yeah i I don't know what's going on on that metal 
Did you notice when Ruaka climbed down, like, when she got down, she had the kind of moment of, whew. Like, she looked like she was very concerned for her well-being climbing down that cage. Well, yeah, and she climbed all the way to essentially the ring mat and then did the very small hop off that was like, you know, some people got over and they're like, here I go. Yeah. She was like, no, I'm going the entire way down this cage. Um, But lots of jumping off the cage. Um, You know, one of the big reasons I could never be a pro wrestler is well there's many many reasons but a big one here was you could not pay me any amount of money (laughs) to have someone jump off the top of a cage and double stomp anywhere near me no because that happened and i was like i'm out uh not for me because that seems you know obviously they're being safe but i'm like that looks like it could be very painful yeah, no thanks. I like it looked like I don't think she got her at all, which is good, but that's still no thank you. But that was Stardom Sunshine from June 25th. What else has been going on in the world of Joshi? Well, in Stardom, as we talked about, Mariah May and Hannon winning the five star Grand Prix qualifying rumble to punch their tickets into the tournament in Oz Academy. Itsuki Aoki became the number one contender for the pioneer title by beating Ryo Mizunami and Sayori Ando in a match on Oz's June 25th show. Ice ribbon Totoro Satsuki successfully defended her ice infinity title again against Yappy. And in Diana, Ayako Sato and Hanako Nakamori defeated Spice App, Mike Ozaki, and Tai Hanma to win the Diana tag titles in Wave. The Catch the Wave tournament continues in the Young Block. Chie Ozora has taken the lead over Yura Suzuki 7-5. Yuki Miyazaki leading the Elizabeth Block with 8 points. Four points clear of Mizuki Endo and Kaori Yoniyama. In the A block, Asuka remains at the top of the leaderboard. As in the B block, Risa, Sarah, and Saki still tied. But in the C block, Haruka Umasaki now on top with five points ahead of Hakari Shimizu with four. So that is everything that has been coming up. That has that has happened in the last two weeks of Joshi, but what is coming up in Joshi stardom just in another week has another big show there. July 2nd, mid summer champions show, which will be as follows. Saya Hazuki and Aya Sakura will take on Suzu Suzuki, May Sierra and Hanako in the opening match on that one. Suri and Ami Sore will take on the new tag champions in a non-title match, Mina Shirakawa and Mariah May. A Kelly's favorite passion injection match, Nanai Takahashi will take on Starlight Kid. Starlight Kid has plenty of passion. She needs There's more. No, she, needs she doesn't need more. Inject, inject, inject. She's just uh, overflowing passion. You know, so much injection going on in stardom, it's like 1982 WWF. 
Um, <laughs> got him. And then we will see Natsupoy against Sari Ano in an Indian strap match. Um, certainly a problematic name, it feels to me. That's um, what I was wondering. I was like, is this an okay thing to say? <laughs> I guess so. They're saying it. Um, the rules will be they will be um, not chained together, but connected with a strap, and you have to drag your opponent and touch all four corners to win the match. And also, the use of any other types of straps are legal. Um <laughs> So if they happen to find more straps around the ringside area, then they can use them. Oh, geez. That, uh, I mean, that's that's an issue that happens quite a bit. What are all these straps doing here? <laughs> um, and then the new high-speed champion, Saki Kashima, will defend her high-speed title against, who else? Fukigen Death. Uh, welcome back to the era of the same four people doing high-speed title matches. But you know what? This is newly interesting now, though. It's because of the the Waito tie. Yeah, versus Fukigen, who was, or it is, but will she, like, break away because of something? So I think that's an interesting turn. That is true. You are are right about that, but, you know, there's something to it. She can do. There is something. To, you're right. There is something more than nothing to it. You are you are <laughs> correct in that. And then in the main event, boy, a Kelly special. Whew. Tom Nakano will defend the wonder of stardom title against Mirai. Kelly, who do you hope wins this match? Uh, I hope Tom wins because I think that's the funnier outcome. Oh, that's right. You did talk about. Yeah, I, I am at full. I don't care. Like, I know. Look, I know I'm not going to like this match. I flat out know that. So I just want it to entertain me in some way. <laughs> and the way I want that to be is Mirai losing. Well, it looks to me as if Mirai will win. Yeah. Um, but we'll have to see. Uh, Stardom also has a Cork and Hall show show coming up on july 9th which will see a another generational well this will be a generational elimination match that will main event that show is it the same teams as uh last time it is i'll tell you who the teams are because if it's the same teams as last time that match is probably gonna rule the teams are as follows for the generational elimination match. It will be Tom Nakano, Mayu Iwatani, Siri, and Julia will take on Saya Kamatani, Micah, Suzu Suzuki, and Mirai. I think that, I don't remember Mirai being in the last one, but maybe she was. But yeah, either way, that's close enough to where, yeah, I think that match is going to be pretty good. Well, unfortunately, well, maybe we'll be able to review it if they put it up uh, very fast. Yeah, we'll see. Um, Fingers crossed. Seedling has a show on June 28th, main evented by two title matches. The tag titles will be on the line as Asuka and Makoto will defend against Riko Kaiju and Ayame Sasamura. And Arisa Nakajima 
will defend her Beyond the Sea title against Itsuki Aoki in the main event, also on that show. Ryu Mizunami, Hanako Nakamori, and Hiroyo Matsumoto will take on Natsu Samire, Maya Yukihi, and Mima Shimoda. Uh, a very interesting trio there. Uh, a high-speed match, La Pedita, Leon, and Misa Kagura in a three-way high-speed match. And you will take on Kakaru Sakaguchi in a singles match. So an interesting show there. Oz has a show on July 9th as well. But the big show of July 9th will be Tokyo Joshi's Summer Sun Princess show. The show will open with Juria Nagano's comeback match. Yay. Suzume and Ariso Endo will take on Moka Miyamoto and Juria Nagano, the reunited. Once again, karate kids. Uh, that's, Kelly, a, that's a banger of an opener right there. Kelly, do you think Moka gets new gear for this big show? Fucking I hope so. Do it, Moka. Get matching gear with Juria. Don't get her your gear. Have Juria's gear people make you gear, and we'll we'll see how it goes. God, that would be funny if Juria came out in Mocha's gear, <laughs> and it was like spreading. Um, that's why I didn't. That, that's why I specified because I was like, you can't monkey paw me. That I would. That is a move I would respect. I would have big respect <laughs> for that move. <laughs> the power move of being like, you don't like it. Great, even more people are going to wear the gear. Uh, the next match will be Mahiro Kiryu, Haruna Neko, Himawari, and Shino Suzuki taking on Kaya Toribami, Toribami, Toga, Haru Karashira, and Runa Okubo in the traditional get them on the card match. <laughs> uh, Ke- Kelly, who gets the win here? Uh, probably Kiryu. She probably picks okay, up the win. That's what, I, that's what I was thinking too. Um, then it will be a tag match. Ryo Mizunami and now Kakuta will take on Yuki Kamafuku and Asuka. Interesting. Wow, talk about a passion injection. Uh, <laughs> what? Talk about a passion injection. This is the... Mizunami, whenever she comes into Tokyo Joshi, those are the true passion injection matches. Oh, that's right. That's the actual passion. Yeah. Um, then there will be for the, I haven't looked up, I haven't looked this up, but I'm going to say it very confidently because I'm pretty sure I'm right. For the first time ever in Tokyo Joshi, the Defy Women's title will be on the line as the champion Vert Vixen. The Vertical Vixen? The Vertical the Vertigo Vixen. <laughs> oh, there you go. Akari Noah. Um, do you think Akari Noah ends the match as Defy Women's Champion? Probably not, but you know, who's to say? Like, she, <laughs> with the amount of like Tokyo Joshi women that are coming over to the states on a regular basis, yeah, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility. I will also say this this show is chock full of Gaijin singles matches. Um, that doesn't really add to your point or take away from it, but um, 
But the fact it's more likely maybe Hikari Noah goes over and someone beats her or someone comes back or I don't know, something like that. Yeah. Um, the next match is a three-way tag match. The classic duo, Shoko Nakajima and Hyper Masao, will take on Aja Kong and Raku and Max the Impaler and Palm Harajuku. This is my most anticipated match of the show by far. And that's saying a lot because this is a good card. <laughs> Kelly, who comes out on top in this one? Uh, the fans. <laughs> okay, thanks, PR department. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think it's going to be quite a fun match. I'm glad to see Max back. Um, glad, glad to, glad see, to see them with getting... Palm. Yeah. Um, of course... Wouldn't be a big show without a big Hyper Masao match, of course. Um, so this this one should be a lot of fun before we get to the more business end of the of the card, as it were. Yeah, yeah. This one that match is going to be big and stupid, and I can't wait. The next match will be Nyla Rose, originally scheduled to take on Yuka Sakazaki, will now take on. Miyu Watanabe. And Kelly, does Miyu get Nyla up for the giant swing? I think they will try their damnedest to make it happen. <laughs> I don't know if Miyu will be able to, but I sure hope she can. Because I can tell, I like, you know for a fact Nyla's flying over there and being like, all right, you're going to swing the hell out of me. <laughs> I mean, she almost did it with Aja Kong. Yeah. So it's now, not I, out of the realm of possibility. I think they'll figure out a way to make it happen. I feel uh, I feel pretty good about it. Yeah. I'm, I'm confident. Um, the next match, another Gaijin singles match, Miyu Yamashita, recently returning from her trip abroad, will take on another returnee, Sawyer Wreck. Kelly, is Miu going to be able to get those kicks up high enough to get Sawyer in the head? I don't... I was just thinking that. I don't know. That that one's... That's tough. I think she, she might be able to do the, like, the bounce off the corner pad thing and do it, but I don't know if she can do it standing. And I do feel like I'll be interested to see this match because I do feel like sometimes Miu has struggled a bit with wrestlers who are bigger than her. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like her offense is set up for people at her same size. Um, so we'll have to see, but happy to have Miu back in Tokyo Joshi. She returned just this weekend. So that is good. In the third match from the top, Niyo Bishiki-gun reunites once again. Saki-sama and Mei San Michelle will take on Yuki Arai and Wakana Uihara. A big spot for Uihara. Kelly, do you think Niyo Bishiki-gun returns with a victory here? I sure hope so. I, I don't think I could take seeing Niyo Bishiki-gun lose. Uh, I hope that they do their same entrance that they did from the last show where all the members come out. Yes. Because you never, 
you know, you just think with the way life works, you never know when the last Neo Bashiki Goon match will be. Yeah. And so I hope maybe they could add, maybe we'll see a new member. Who knows? Maybe, maybe uh, Uihara will become the, um, I don't know. I don't know why I think that maybe will happen. Maybe it won't happen. I'm not. Maybe Uihara will start uh, shining the silverware in their uh, mansion. Then the semi-main event will be for the international princess title. The champion Rika Tatsumi will go against Yuki Aino. Kelly, do you think we see a title change here? I don't think so. But Aino looked really good in that finals match for the uh, or the the match against what was it Endo? Yeah, like she looked great there. So it could, but I'm I'm gonna say no. I think I think Tatsumi retains in what I'm hoping is a very good match because Aino's been on a good streak lately. And I'm gonna say that the title will change just to be different than you. <laughs> <laughs> just because I don't want to agree with you ever. That's fine. That's fair. Uh, And then the big main event for the Princess of Princess title, Mizuki will take on Maki Ito. Kelly, is this finally the time where Maki Ito reaches the top of the mountain? I honestly hope not, because this is, I think, the least built up of her challenges. So I I think if it happened now, it would just kind of be like, oh, well, no, that's cool. That's nice. Instead of it being like, oh, this is the peak of a story. So I'm I'm hoping Mizuki wins or retains, I should say. Oh, I don't know. I'm torn because I'm like, they've built it up a lot in the past and she hasn't won. But you know now, and yeah, now that they do it when it doesn't know. really feel super built up, that would be the time. So we'll have to see, but should be a big match either way, mm-hmm. uh, and a big show and a fun show. Um, and I'm looking very much forward to it. Yes, for sure. The only other thing happening in the next two weeks is Wave has some more catch the wave shows as they head towards the finals on july 17th but that is all that is coming up in joshi in the next two weeks so i hand it over to kelly for his usual end of the show segment all right end of the show kelly what have i what have i been doing i have started watching from the beginning uh all the movies that Takeshi Kitano directed. So I, I started with Violent Cop and Boiling Point, and those are both great movies. Have, have you seen either of those? Uh, I have not. They're very good. They're on uh, Amazon Prime. You can watch them for free with ads through like some thing called Freevee or whatever. Uh, very good movies, like kind of just bleak, but also funny Yakuza-style movies. Uh, they're, they're a good time. So that's uh that's Kelly's recommendation this week. Violent Cop and Boiling Point. Well, there you have it. That is Kelly's recommendation for the week. And that is all for us here at Jumping Bomb Audio. So for Kelly, 
I am Taylor saying we will see you next time. Bye, everybody. Hello, Voices of Wrestling listener. Dave Ryan here. Have you ever wondered to yourself how many hidden gems are hidden away inside the last years of World Championship Wrestling? Have you ever asked yourself how many tenuous gags can be made about the name Mike Enos? And have you ever thought about what it sounds like for two Irishmen to interpret a very chaotic company through its B-show? The answers to all this and more are just a click away. Check out Days of Thunder every second Thursday on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.